Welcome to Tucson New Thought. Hello, everybody. This is Reverend Jonathan Zenz. Before beginning today's message, I wanted to let you know that there is a technical issue with the sound quality that has affected our podcast adversely. We are working to ensure it is resolved before next week, but this week you will likely notice the issue. I am personally sorry for the problem and trust you will enjoy the message of love and service I have to offer. Many blessings to you, and on with the message. So today's talk is titled, What is Love? What is love? And there are lots of definitions for what love is. Um, and I want to start with that. Really, actually, I'm, I'm going to turn to you and say, <laughs> I'm going to put you on the spot. Are you ready? What is love? Acceptance. Okay. Acceptance. Feeling. All right. Respect. Connection. All right, anything else? Giving, okay. Joy, love is joy, yeah. All right, any other thoughts on what is love? Appreciation. Appreciation. Mm -hmm. It's a gift. The underlying nature of everything. Well, it's funny because here's what happens. We all have these ideas of what love is, and we all come up with these different beautiful synonyms for love, and I talk about love every single week, about love being the creative, motivating force of the energy of the universe, and it's all unfolding beautifully, magnificently, and that everything is rooted in and showing up as love. But what is love? What is love? So we do teach, (coughs) excuse me, we do teach that love is an energy. Love is the creative energy. In, in, the, uh, in the book that we, you know, the, I'm a religious science minister in the New Thought tradition, the foundational text that we tend to go to is The Science of Mind by Dr. Ernest Holmes. And in the glossary, it is defined in this way. The word love is defined in this way. Love is the self-givingness of the spirit through the desire of life to express itself in terms of creation. I'm going to read that again. Love is the self-givingness of the spirit through a desire of life to express itself in terms of creation. But what does that even mean? Yeah, right? Like, because we go to, because I go to this a lot. Like, love is the self-givingness of the spirit. It's like, well, that sounds really hoity-toity, doesn't it? Love is the self-givingness of the spirit through the desire of life to express itself in terms of creation. Here's what this is basically saying. It is saying, love is giving. Love is the energy of life. It's saying all the things that you just said. So nobody is wrong. Isn't that nice? Love is an energy. Love is a motivating, forward-moving, evolutionary energy. Everything that exists, all that is unfolding, is based on this energy of love. For that is the desire. If, if, if we were to anthropomorphize, I'm going to use the word God, because we use spirit and God synonymously. If we were to anthropomorphize God, as many faith traditions do and say, it is, there is God, something outside the self. What God is, is pure love. But here's the great news about that. We are God. 
We are the expression of spirit. We are that which is. So if God is love, we are love. Our lives are unfolding through love. We are evolving as love. A little bit later in the definition, it's written, love is a cosmic force whose sweep is irresistible. Love is a cosmic force whose sweep is irresistible. That cosmic force is the force that is animating you in and as life itself. And its sweep is irresistible. It cannot help but express itself in terms and by means of each and every one of you. By everything that exists, everything that exists is the expression of love. So love is all of those things, and love is a feeling, and love is, 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 is such a, it's such a, it's a word that we utilize to try to express and, and, and not, not shape, shape uh, but, and I don't want to say dilute, but to basically uh, distill, that's the word I'm looking for, to distill something that is completely ineffable. Because at the end of the day, love is that feeling. Love is a feeling. Love is not a thing. Love is a feeling. Do we go to a place on some level as we experience and express love in our lives where we believe love to be just one thing? Because I think love is much more complex than just being one thing. And a lot of us, I think what we go to is we go to that place of, oh, romantic love, which is beautiful and lovely. But that's not the only kind of love there is. The Greeks had many words for many different types of love. So I'll start with eros, <laughs> which is sexual or passionate love, right? <laughs> sexual or passionate love. Because I'm just saying if there are younger ears in the room that, you know, maybe they're not ready for that, that that's not something that's in there. Uh, yeah, William. <laughs> So eros, sexual or passionate love. Philia, friendship, brotherhood, goodwill. Philadelphia is the city of brotherly love. That's rooted in that word, philia. Storge, familial love, especially for children. Ludus, playful, uncommitted love. It's kind of like flirting. That's a form of love. Pragma, practical love, founded in reason or duty. So the word pragmatic comes from that. Agape, many of you may be familiar with the word agape, as there are new thought traditions, and, and uh, Dr. Michael Beckwith's center is the agape center, uh, which means universal love. And philautia, philautia self-love, self-esteem, but not to the degree of becoming hubris. Here's what can happen. Sometimes we, we, we can mistake one of these forms of love for another. Has anyone ever uh, been in a situation where they were feeling eros towards another person and that other person was in the place of ludus? <laughs> Somebody feeling passionate love, whereas the other person is feeling flirtatious love, and then there becomes a disconnect we can mistake one form of love for the other. That's probably the most easily expressed example. 
when that happens, what, what I believe we experience then are misunderstandings and life becomes challenging. So I think it's very important that as we experience and express love, that we begin to understand that there are different ways of love expressing and it's not all the same thing. It's not all the same thing. RuPaul, the drag queen, yes, the drag queen, uh, RuPaul's famous catchphrase, which I love and I carry with me as well, is this, and I would like a response if you would please. RuPaul says, if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love someone else? Can I get an amen? Amen. If you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love someone else? Love, that self-love, that philautia, self-love, self-esteem, that is the thing that I think Ernest Holmes was most interested in in terms of the expression of love or God as man. I've, I've, I've referenced before that one of the, the, the great, uh, one of the great, one of the great impressions that was ever made on him, one of the greatest impressions that was ever made on him was through uh, the Emerson, Emerson, Ralph Waldo Emerson's essay, Self-Reliance. That's kind of where all of this is rooted. And if you read the book, and someday I will teach a class where we will go through this very lengthy book, um, <laughs> people laugh because it, 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 I, I always tell people don't start with this. It's a little bit of a slog. <laughs> um, it took, I, I studied it for many years to become a minister. But you can see where he's pulled things directly from that particular essay, Self-Reliance. And you can see also where he has pulled things directly from Thomas Troward, his other major influence. Um, it's all over the book. So self-reliance is key in our expression as God. Self-reliance is key in our expression as God. Love as a, mort- as a motivating, as a motivating force. I don't know what motivating is. Um, <laughs> except mort has something to do with death. So clearly there's something going on. Love, like what could motivating mean? Nothing. Love as a motivating force love is a motivating force, leads each and every one of us to action in life. If it were not for love, we would all just... I believe that. Love is the thing that impels us into action in life. And that's where sacred service starts, is that impulse into action to be of service, to help others through love. Through love. So... If that is love, here's my question to each and every one of us today, and I have to answer this for myself, because I never get up here without ever saying that I'm teaching the lesson that I need to learn. That's the secret of ministry. Where's the love? That's the question. Where's the love? The recognition that the Spirit thinks through our thought and expresses itself through our act, must necessarily create an intimacy which makes divine communion more real and more beneficial than would any concept on the thought of God as separate from our lives. That's Ernest Holmes. The recognition that the spirit thinks through our thought. Spirit, think about that. Spirit is thinking through our thought, through your thought. Spirit, is, that's the way, the method in which spirit thinks. 
I don't personally believe that spirit has thought outside of our thoughts or outside the thoughts of other living beings, including I believe that plants have thought. I believe that what we perceive as inanimate objects have thought on some level, although it may be below the level that we consider to be thought. Everything is alive and vibrating through love and as life. So spirit is thinking through our thought. It is expressing itself through our acts. It is the infinite intimacy. I, uh, you know, there's a song that I, I sing sometimes called Nearer Than the Air. Nearer than the air. That, that everything, that God, that love, everything is nearer than the air. It's nearer than, because it is who and what we are. We don't say we are one of God. We don't say we are one as God. We don't say we are one with God. No, we do say, no, we don't say, we, <laughs> I'm messing this all up. We don't say we are one with God. We don't say we are one as God. We, are say, we say we are one of God. We are of God. We are of love. And so when that becomes the, 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 the focal point of our motivation, then the experience of God becomes the most intimate experience we can have because we start to recognize that God as us is us living its life through, mean, through the means of us, and it sets us on a course of action. And it did for me just about five years ago. When I came into ministry, it was very important to me that my life become a life of service, that that is the motivating force for me, to be a person of service. One of the big ways, and, I, and, 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 it's, and it's expressed itself in many myriad forms, but one of the greatest forms that I've ever experienced was um, in 2014, I went to the jungles of Guatemala to volunteer for an organization there called Casa Guatemala. Casa Guatemala is a boarding school. Now, back then, they were still use, using the word orphanage because a lot of the students that are there are wards of the state. They don't have parents. They don't like to use the term orphanage anymore because there's an, uh, there, there's a, there's a, sorry? There's a connotation of something that they're looking to get away from, yeah. Anyway, it is a boarding school. There are about 250 children there. Now, the, the, in that area of Guatemala, and, and through a lot of Guatemala, it, uh, there are um, the, the standard practices for students, for children, to go to school one day a week. Because of the rest of the week, they're working on their farms, they're working, they're working. So they go to school one day a week. What Casa Guatemala does is it allows children to be in school full time. And there are a number of students who live in dormitories at the site. Um, and there are also children who come from around the area, the, the, these Mayan villages. There are children who come from the Mayan villages and it's wonderful because it's on a river and the only way to access Casa Guatemala is by boat. So they, you know, we come in, the volunteers, on motorboats, but they're, here they are in their hand-dug canoes going to school every day. So here we are, Casa Guatemala, in the jungles of eastern Guatemala. Um, these are children who are being given access to education because of their location. It's a magnificent, magnificent experience. I, and there's a relationship, too, to the experience of my mother, who was a world traveler. She loved 
traveling all over the world, one of the places she loved the most was Guatemala, and she had, um, she had traveled there. She brought back stuff for me the first time she traveled there, and I've always held it very close to my heart. And the reason that my mother comes to mind, and wow, there is something around transition and death today, because May 18th, 2014, I was literally in the car on my way to the airport to get on a plane to go to Guatemala when I got the call that my mother had made her transition. And there was a moment, what do I do? Do I still go and partake in this act of love? Or do I allow myself to settle into what could be immense grief and you know, maybe go to a dark place and stay back and feel like something has shifted in my life? And here's what I decided to do. I said, I'm going. This is something my mother would have, was, this is something my mother was so passionate about, was service in the world. And, and the motivation behind that action was love. Love for my mother, love for the experience of service, love, love, love. It's always moving me forward. I believe love should be the primary motivation behind a life of service. And so I went to Guatemala, and it was such a magical, I call it a magical experience. And it was healing for me because it did not allow me to go to that dark place because I allowed the entire trip to be in service and honor of my mother. If love is the primary motivation behind a life, behind a life of service, what I think then the next step in living a life of service is to begin to each and every one of us start to take a good look at the reasons we do anything in life. What are, our, what are our motivations? What is our motivation towards any action in life? Is it love? Is it kindness? Or is it something like revenge? Have you ever felt like, oh, I'm going to get that person? Have you ever felt like the opposite of love and felt like that was a motivating force in your life? Those are the times when we, I believe, step back is this the most loving, kind way of moving forward? And is this in service to the greater good? Because if it's not, then it's time to return to love. Which side of um, any equation are we on? As we give love, we receive love. That's the nature of circulation. As we give love, we receive love. And, and, but I think that when we look at our motivations, we need to look at it this way too. Are we giving love to get love? Like with the purpose of like, I'm going to get love if I give love. Or are we just giving of our hearts? In the concept of tithing, just as a metaphor, there are some people who approach the concept of tithing, your financial wealth to wherever you are spiritually nourished, as a method of getting. And I say, let's let that go. Let's let that go. Let us give to give. That's what's important. And the same goes not just for financial wealth, but for love. Let us give love just to give love, not to get love. The great symptom of giving is that we receive. That's the great symptom of giving is that we receive. But giving with a purpose in mind of receiving might start to create resentment, and then we're off the path of love. Everything, let us roll everything back to love. Love is a cosmic force whose sweep is irresistible. What is meant by cosmic force? It is the universal. 
showing up in a drop of dew. It is the relationship of a bee to a flower. It is the gravitational pull of planets and stars, all maintaining balance. The cosmic force is you. It is me. Love cannot be accurately described. It must be felt. But how do you feel it? Truth is, you feel it no matter what. Right here, right now, wherever your mind is, whatever experience you're having that is rooted in love, how aware of the feeling are you? So if we're going to take this to a practical place, and, and, and I've got some suggestions for how your week unfolds, right? Oh, wait, what? There's homework? Yes. Here's what I'd like us all to start looking at this week. Where do we place our focus in life at any given moment? At any given moment, where do we place our focus on life? Where your mind is focused, that's where your life experience goes. So are you focused on love or a belief in something else? Love points the way, the law of cause and effect makes the way possible. That's a whole other talk, by the way. But that's the, that's the teaching of new thought. Love points the way, the law makes the way possible. That's the entire philosophy. You could almost open this up, have every single page blank, go to the one page where it says, love points the way, the law makes the way possible. So deepen your awareness of where you place your focus this week. Are you focused primarily on loving kindness? If you find you are not, don't beat yourself up. Let yourself off the hook. Take that moment to refocus. You're in charge. You're the one who is in charge. Love is a cosmic force, which means you are a cosmic force. That's how we begin to change the habit. That's how we begin to change the habit. So, where's the love? Right where you are. Namaste. Thank you for listening. Visit TucsonNewThought.org for updates on everything that's happening at the center. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram by searching Tucson New Thought. Namaste.